3: I fancy myself a casual fan of horse racing. I watch the Triple Crown races. I even go to the track. I've enjoyed over my adult life going to the racetrack because there's a great dichotomy at the racetrack. There's like a a point of demarcation where you have the very wealthy – The one percenters of society surrounded by just scumbags, just complete losers. And I love it. It's just wonderful. Just the whole environment at a racetrack and the anticipation before a race and then waiting for the results and all that. I really enjoy it. I don't do it very often, uh, you know, as much as I like because I got other stuff going on. But when I go to the track, I usually have a pretty good time. Uh, Sometimes I do better than other times, but I have a good time. It's fun. But what happened, the atrocity that took place over the weekend at Churchill Downs, my goodness, uh, where do we begin? Well, I'll tell you like any good story in sports, there's got to be lawyers involved, and there are lawyers that are circling. The buzzards are out, and they're circling around the 145th edition of the Kentucky Derby because the owners of the horse named Maximum Security – Apparently they are, what do you think, happy with the results, unhappy? Well, yeah, the the horse that actually, you know, won the race that finished ahead of all the other horses at Saturday's Kentucky Derby, but later, after about a half an hour, had the victory overturned by the stewards, just sounds like an anal retentive person, stewards, uh, of horse racing, who say, you know, they, they said, listen, you've violated the rules here, you, you're not allowed to win. The owners of the maximum security, from what I've been told here, are planning to appeal the decision. That's already underway. And they are even threatening the legal card. They have pulled that out from the bottom of the deck. They're threatening legal action. The stunning, jaw-dropping turn of events that took place over the weekend. First time in 145 years. These morons screwed it up at the Kentucky Derby, the horse that finished first was disqualified. It had never happened. There's not a single person alive today that has ever experienced this thing that took place at the Kentucky Derby. And and we can get into whether or not other horses had cut in line or whatnot uh, later on. But if you didn't see the race, if you're completely in the dark, I don't know where you've been but I hope you had a good time wherever you went. So I'll, I'll kind of get you up to speed a little bit. So the Kentucky Derby's run, it's maximum security crossing the finish line first. They then wait to have the official announcement on who won. The stewards reviewed the video footage, and they determined that maximum security, ridden by the jockey, Luis Saez, I believe that's how you say his name, I, he impeded the path of other horses. God forbid, disqualification! Uh, anyway, so this guy, Gary West, you don't know who that is, but he's one of the owners of Maximum Security. I didn't know who he was either. I'm not going to lie to you. Uh, so, this guy, Gary West, apparently got some money because he owns a horse. And he revealed via text message that he now plans to challenge the ruling, however, possible. He said the stewards have refused to show him the actual video that they used to flip the decision. They say they won't show the video until later in the week, and he's planning on appealing to the Kentucky State Racing Commission. He's planning on doing that, and he says all options are on the table, and it's even been talked about going all the way to federal court, which is just wonderful. All right, so let's discuss. Now, did the stewards of the Kentucky Derby get it right in taking away the win from the horse that led the entire race? Absolutely not! These people are morons. Absolute morons. You had one job and you effed up your one job, you stupid idiots. All right? I hope all of you get fired. Everyone involved in this decision You're fired. at Churchill Downs should lose their job. Everyone. Fired, 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 fired. All right? Now, it's not that I had skin in the game. Did I bet on maximum skin? It's not about that. All right, now my thoughts are you've got the smell test, jockeying, and the backlash. And we will tie all of these things together. Now, A, it is as clear as the night sky when we broadcast who led from the beginning to the end, right? The entire race, maximum security. There is no disputing this. This is factually correct, all right? Country House, the other horse, which was the beneficiary of all this, Country House wasn't even jostled by the supposed misstep. And his jockey and the the people that own that, they capitalized on this. The move by maximum security, the horse that ended up leading the entire race, did not influence the outcome as far as Country House winning the race. Country House's jockey, even admitted, you saw the post-race coverage which was over the top and all that, but this was certainly worthy of over the top coverage. But Country House's jockey admitted that they still had a chance to catch Maximum Security, the horse that led and won the race. They still had a chance to do it. You know, what this is reminiscent of you know what this is reminiscent of a certain NFL game, and uh, more on that in a minute. But the, 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 this ridiculousness of this, I mean, and I'm a casual horse observer, but when I see things like this. I'm like, what are we doing here? How stupid and upside down a world are we living in? And it's just sports stupid. It's just sports. And here we are and we have this result when the jockey of the horse that was given the win didn't earn the win. Admitted, well, we still had a chance to win. And last I checked, maybe I'm wrong on this, but I believe that horses are animals. I don't think the horse's care who wins the race. To be honest with you, I've never actually ha- had a conversation. I know Mr. Ed was a talking horse back in the day. I've never had a conversation with a horse, but I'm pretty sure they're just they just want some grass to eat. That's all they want, right? They run as fast as they can when they are whipped by a jockey. That is what they do, right? The stimuli of the jockey with the whip. Whip, 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 whip. whip. That's how they do it, right? this was minor and way too it, it wasn't like this idea that there was some grand conspiracy by the the jockey for maximum security it was so it was, it was the horse doing it this was a minor situation uh that was not like hidden and trying to deceive anyone uh and and maybe the horse i these new horses today they have the backup can they have a backup cam could the jockey have seen Maybe the horse was looking back. I didn't look like the horse was looking back, like a rearview mirror when the jockey's going down track. But this is a boxing-level scandal. It's the kind of scandal you expect after a boxing match in Vegas with some seedy German judge or something like that. That's what you expect. I mean, you can lead a horse race wire to wire from start to finish and then have some dopey panel of judges take away the win. Forget Russian meddling. Churchill Downs meddling, okay? Now, part B of this, now, I watched the video over and over. Thank God for social media. I watched the video over and over uh, of the Kentucky Derby, and I keep hearing, hey, and the other horses. Uh, I watched a lot of horse races. Again, casual fan. This didn't look unorthodox from what I see in every race. So tell me exactly why the f you decided at the Kentucky bloody Derby that this needed this great injustice needed to be corrected? I when I watch horses, you know, the horse that's in front, I see oftentimes kind of waifing over a little. That's what happens. Uh, you know, I, I go out to Santa Anita, uh, otherwise known as the Killing Fields, uh, for horses. Where I go and I, I love Santa; it's wonderful. I like when the horses don't die there, but uh, on a regular basis. But I go out there and I'm like, I see this stuff all the time. It's not e- egregious in any way. At Churchill Downs, it was a crowded. The Kentucky Derby is a showcase event. There's a crowded field at the Kentucky Derby. There is always jockeying for position. Hence the phrase jockeying for permission, dummy. Uh, that is what happens. The the very phrase jockeying for position is a horse racing phrase. That's what the horse and the jockey were doing. And you kick the horse out who won the damn race. How bizarre is that? And and, and and here's the other thing. Now I know when I'm driving on the highway, and if I'm you know, in LA, I'm driving on the 405 or the 101 or the 10, or the 210, I know there are lanes. There are no lanes in a horse track. There are no lanes in the horse track. So veered out of his lane. Stay in your lane, as LeVar Ball likes to say. There's no lanes. Now, the best horse, I hate using the term best because best means as good all the other. the better horse won the race. That was maximum security, and this is a robbery situation. This is a train heist is what it is. A train heist situation. If this, now think about it, this horse, who knows what's going to happen? Come on, we got the Preakness and the Belmont. Let's say the horse wins those two. That's it, to me, that's a triple crown winner. That's a triple crown winner. It's pathetic. Pathetic. Country House was a slower horse. The track was sloppy. The track was muddy. Maximum security won the race. And some anal retentive judges at Churchill Downs who should lose their job. Name them. I want names. Everyone. All right, now the last word here. Horse racing has always notoriously over the years been dirty, right? This has been the horse. But usually it involves, you know, sticking a needle in the horse and drugging the horse up, and you don't know which horse is on the good stuff before the race. But this is one of the dark chapters. I I don't know how you can get dark. This is the, the big event. The gold standard for the industry, the crown jewel of horse racing is the Kentucky Derby. And and people watch usually the first two legs of the Derby. You watch the Preakness, the Kentucky Derby, and the, and the Preakness. And then you don't even watch the last race unless there's a triple crown possibility. That's how most people operate. But now even the Kentucky Derby is contaminated. Just like everything else, the horses that they claimed, or the horse in particular, that they, they the two horses they claimed were you know impeded, they unless I'm mistaken, they didn't dispute the win, right? They didn't, they're not the ones that dispute. And The non-deserving horse took the title, didn't lead, and they gave the win by default. If you win by default, it's not a win, not a win, not not a win. Now I have an alternative theory here. I want to share this with you. My belief is, you know who's responsible uh, for this outcome? Sean Payton and the New Orleans Saints. Those crybabies from Louisiana who bitched and moaned, oh, we did justice! And I'm telling you, the people who at Churchill Downs, aware of that backstory. they're like, well, we unlike the NFL, we have a chance to correct this. We can nip this in the bud, so we'll just take the win away for maximum security. Taking the entire shine off the race, the Kentucky Derby. And here's the other thing here. And tell me I'm wrong on this. If the stewards at Churchill Downs had ruled that maximum security was the winning horse. Tell me I'm wrong that not a single man, woman, or child who witnessed that race would have raised an eyebrow. Not a single one. Some hardcore horse racing honk might have. But there would have been no widespread backlash. None! What happened to common sense? What happened to common sense? You screwed this up. You had one job, and you screwed this up. It is a travesty. It's a terrible decision. And the people responsible should have a price to pay. They're a bunch of idiots. They're a bunch of idiots at the Kentucky Derby who pulled this off. And you you don't take the win away. You certainly don't give it to another horse that didn't win the race. Just say nobody won. If you want to be anal retentive. If you want to be the letter of the law guy, if you want to be that guy, nobody wins the 145th edition of Kentucky Derby. Thus, killing the Preakness and Belmont and all that. No triple crown because we can't give out a winner because we're a bunch of idiots. We say hello to Edmund Dallas, Steamboat Willie, Judas, Solid Gold,
1: Garcia? I've worked with you a long time. We've uh, both been long. here for a long time. I have never, ever heard you this fired up about something, and I can't believe it's horse racing. I, no, no, I watched it. I, I understand. No, because this,
3: Eddie, this is the tip of the spear, Eddie. Now other sports can be like, well, the Kentucky Derby, All they right. took the win away from that horse, so we can take the win away from this team or that team.
1: Now I, I I will agree with you that it was a very dissatisfying feeling when the race was over because the better horse did not win as you said. You don't. However, it, it, no one should away However, gonna, uh, there's no scandal here. There is a scandal. There is no scandal there's here. Absolutely a scandal. No, you're absolutely wrong. So
2: so 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 so. As sue, you said, sue. they
1: went by the letter of the rule. <laughs> And they were right. That was the that's the letter of the Again, rule. Eddie,
3: if they had given the other horse, the horse that actually led from start to finish, maximum security to the win, would there have been an outrage? No. Would there have been no. anger? Be- no. No. Be-
1: because of what I just said and what you said earlier, everyone watching that knew who the best horse was, but. They, the horse did violate the rule. It did ah, go you know out of the lane, however slightly, and the that rules say t- and the rules, the say, the rules say that you are disqualified Eddie, if that happens. That's the rule. The, I hate the, it, but the, it's the rule. The very term you're part of the problem. Eddie.
3: The very no, term jockeying for position. All right, that term is jockeying for in a horse where You're maneuvering, you're manipulating. Ben, the rule for your is own benefit. the rule
1: is the horse cannot go out of its lane to impede the the, the horse other horses.
3: They gave the the other horses didn't even complain. The one that benefited. The, the ones that be, were really because that horse is.
1: didn't finish in second no, place. Those
3: horses have class. Those horses say, <laughs> no, Those co- horse be, owners have because class. Because that
1: horse did not finish uh, in you're, second. You're wrong. Uh, we just not. You're, we just look. That's I like right. said I, I I think that it was the wrong decision because that wasn't the better horse, but it was the correct call. Whether you like those rules or you not, that's the a correct rule. To a
3: horse that didn't deserve to win the
1: race. It the horse the jock. I don't even know. What, it's the horse's fault. It was funny. You said the horse doesn't even care. He just wants some no, oats. Horse, the, yeah, that is yeah, hilarious. But but. The jockey is to blame, or the horse is to blame, whoever. Both of them, they're to blame. They went out of their lane, and that's no, the rule. No.
3: What, what lane, Eddie? There's yeah, no there's lane. there's no lane. Show no, me no the, the lane. lane Show no, me it's the line it's not
1: block. like track and Show field me me where you
3: Show me the line. <laughs> you can't. Show me the
1: line. There's a line. If you, is if, you, if you know horse racing, you know there, there is there, a do line. Do all the time in horse racing, though. Every time no you watch a race, you do that all the time. Yeah.
3: yeah. By the way, the term, if you look it up, the term jockey for position literally means to move one's horse into a good or ideal position while racing. Jockeying but not to for block position.
1: another horse.
3: That, when you're ahead. what's what you do. You're ahead of the horse. You're in the lead horse. You block the no. other horse from passing you by. That's what you do. Nope. Oh, my God.
4: Be sure to catch live editions of the Ben Maller Show weekdays at 2 a.m. Eastern, 11 p.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app. This is it. We've got an Amex
3: Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. We haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the
4: Centurion Lounge. Is he connecting to complimentary Wi-Fi? Oh, my. Look at that. He is. And you will not believe where he's going next
3: Choose from the full lineup of hand-cooked tires. Shipped fast and free to a recommended installer near you or choose the convenience of mobile tire installation. They'll bring your new tires to your home or office and install them on site. It doesn't get much easier than that. Go to TireRack.com to see their hand-cooked test results and tire ratings and consumer reviews and be sure to check out all the current special offers. Great tires and a great deal. What more could you ask for? That's tirerack.com slash sports. Tirerack.com. The way tire buying should be.
4: From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment,
3: oh my God, we've summoned something from this board.
0: This is Uncanny USA. Terms and conditions apply. So the NBA playoffs continue
3: on and on and on. If you think they're going to end anytime soon, you are incorrect. They will not end anytime soon. The rest of our natural lives will be spent talking about the NBA playoffs. I promise you that. In fact, to back that up, we are still almost a month away from Game 1 of the NBA Finals. 24 days away from Game 1. We have three more weeks to get through before Game 1, which is scheduled for May 30th. So we have a ways to go before we get to that particular point, but we had more playoff action on Sunday. Kawhi Leonard. Kawhi. He had to prove, by leaving San Antonio, he had an opportunity to prove that he could be the man without the Spurs around him and that mantra around the Spurs, and Kawhi Leonard so far has backed up. That play that he had in San Antonio, <laughs> that he is not just a product of playing for the Spurs. That Kawhi Leonard has gone out on his own, you know. Let me let me flop my wings out there on my own, and he's done it. Had 39 points, and Philadelphia wins the game, the early game on Sunday. Had 14 rebounds, five three pointers, five assists. Did have seven turnovers in 43 minutes. But he was a wrecking ball in a good way for Toronto. And Kawhi Leonard essentially got whatever he wanted throughout the game. And with the win, the Raptors now even up that series at 2-2 and reclaiming home court advantage. It is now a best-of-three series. Home court goes back in Canada. Now the Komodo dragon in the room is in the other locker room. I could sit here and wax poetic about Kawhi Leonard playing very well, how good he's going to look in that Clipper uniform next year when he runs off to Los Angeles. I could certainly do that. But I'm not doing that. I'm not going to do that right now. The better story is in the losing locker room. And it's all about Joel Embiid here, specifically. Right Now, he played like a man possessed by the basketball heavens in game three. And then in game four on Sunday afternoon, he played like a Buddhist monk. All right, He's like, don't talk to me. I'm not going to talk. Don't look at me. Leave me alone. He only took seven shots in 35 minutes. Seven shots. It was two of seven from the floor. He ended up with 11 points, did have eight rebounds and seven assists. And if you look at the plus minus, you'll say, well, he was out there. They outscored, they being Philadelphia, outscored Toronto by 17 points. That was a good game. No, it's not. Now it's not, dummy. I'll tell you why. Because Joel Embiid is a headliner. When you're a headliner and you only take seven shots and you only make two of them, you score 11 points, that ain't good enough. You got to be in that 25-30, 35-40 range. That's what you get paid the big bucks for, not to score 11 points in a playoff game and be a decoy. That's not how it works. Now, the... Other part of this is what's going on with Joel Embiid because after the performance, a disheartening performance for the home team, the 76ers, they're losing game for the Sixers coach, Brett Brown and Joel Embiid both went into it. Now, Brett Brown was talking about Embiid's health and whatnot. He says he got a text from Embiid at 6 in the morning or just after 6 in the morning telling him he didn't sleep all night, coach. I really didn't feel very good. He felt poorly and all that stuff. Didn't know if he was going to play or not. So they had this back and forth and then they went to Embiid and he Embiid talked about how he didn't feel very good. Just to prove that I'm not making any of this up here is the back and forth. you hear Joel Embiid at the beginning here. Then you will hear Brett Baum, the Sixers coach talking about the health or lack of health for the star of the Sixers
4: sleep and you need I V, uh, man. IV has
1: to be pretty bad, but yeah, it doesn't matter. Uh, you know, once I step on the court, uh, I gotta do a better job.
5: I got a text from him uh, at six brown. twenty AM this morning telling me like he didn't sleep all night. He'd really never felt this poorly and God he was indeed. unsure, coach, if I'm gonna play. I just wanna give you a heads up. I'll try, but I don't know as it sits. Um I appreciate and respect his effort to get out there and play play for uh, for his team. All
3: right. So if you couldn't make out the beginning of that, he was talking about Joel Embiid getting an IV, like he was dying. Uh, he was dying. Uh, here is Jimmy Butler. We'll talk more about this in a minute. But Jimmy Butler commenting on, hey, listen, the Sixers, they need Joel Embiid not to be the decoy. I want him to shoot it when he's open, pass it when he's not. Like I said before, I think at times we we make the game a little bit more difficult than it has to be, Um, but you know, we still ride with him. We don't care how many you take, how many you miss. You're our best player for a reason, and um, we're going to win, we're going to lose with you. We're in it together. That's good. I was worried they were going to throw him off the team because he only took seven shots, but apparently that's not the case. Uh, Here's more from the Sixers coach, Brett Brown. Uh, Comedy, you hear the question and the answer, it is about – whether or not there's something wrong with Joel Embiid's knees, on top of everything,
2: else. I saw him after the early dunk. It looked like he grimaced. Was it something with his knee
5: or his back? Or was it no, something it's with- it's a it's it's a it's a virus and a virus. You know, all during like pregame yeah. film, you can hear him sneezing and sneezing and sneezing. And <laughs> you you try to <laughs> ignore it and like just coach <laughs> through it and show the players the pregame tape. <laughs> but I'd be lying if I were to tell you it wasn't uh, completely on my mind as I'm talking to the team, showing the tape, listening and seeing him.
3: So there's, there's a lot to unpack. Let's discuss now the, the obvious situation. This is a can of worms, okay? This is a can of worms. The question, and it's really the only relevant question, is can the Sixers going forward rely on Joel Embiid from game to game in the playoffs? And the only correct answer is no. You, he is unreliable. You cannot depend on Joel Embiid to carry the water for the Sixers. When he does, they're going to win, and when he doesn't, you are screwed. You're you're absolutely screwed. Now, my views on this, you've got the hypochondriac, LeBron's playbook, and the pandemic. You've got these three things, and we will put everything together. We'll put it into a nice big pot. We'll we'll bake it for for about 15 minutes or so. We'll see what comes out. We'll put a little Uh, We'll make it like a chicken pot pie. We'll put that over the top. All right, so first of all, this is a Shakespearean drama. This is what the NBA does. The NBA is very good at producing these Shakespearean drama, and and clearly there's a large percentage of people that just eat this up. I'm not one of them. I'm not. Joel Embiid is a likable guy. It bothers me because I don't want to pull for Philadelphia because of trust the process. I'd like them to lose. Because you are rewarding that behavior if Philadelphia were to win a championship in the next couple years. And, and listen, everybody loves the class clown. Who doesn't like the class clown? Everyone laughs in class at the class clown. Joel Embiid is the class clown. But his consistent alibis and the people around him and the people in the media, it is exhaustive. All right, you know, it's not at LeBron level, but it's close. Embiid always has an excuse when he plays like trash, every other day it is something else with this guy, Joel Embiid. It's his foot. It's his knee. It's his back. It's a muscle here. It's a muscle there. It's a muscle everywhere. Uh, he's got the runs. Uh, he's got a cold. He's got the flu, etc., etc., etc. You all wonder how is it possible for a fine-tuned young professional athlete? to have every calamity possible happen to them, right? It's, it's, he's always sick. He's always injured. And it's like, is this really true or is he a hypochondriac? Right? I mean, what are we looking at here? Does does he treat the men's room door handle like a hazardous waist zone? He doesn't want to touch it because he's a hypochondriac. He's worried he might get a bowler or something like that. If he sneezes, does he freak out? When he's on a plane and somebody coughs, does he think, oh my God, it's this neurotic situation about his health. It's like, come on. And it's quite the quagmire that the Sixers find themselves in because they are so dependent on this guy. This they need him so to be the dominant force that he was back in Game Three that you just can't depend on this particular ball player, Joel Embiid, to do it game in and game out. They were having this very passionate discussion uh, on the TV broadcast during Game Three a couple days ago between Van Gundy and Jackson about how where does Joel Embiid's position in the all-time stratosphere of NBA players and. Mark Jackson was waxing poetic about how great Embiid was and how wonderful. Of course, that's cherry picking a fine performance. I don't think any of that was said by the broadcasters in the game on Sunday who were doing the game about uh, Joel Embiid being an all time great. Now, secondly, everyone in the NBA, t- everyone in the NBA at this particular point, here we are in early May, is dealing with something. Right. something's going on. It's at that time of the year. Now, the players take a lot of time off. They don't value the regular season at all. It's a nuisance. But they still play more than they don't play, and we are supposed to play the world's smallest violin, I guess, for Joel Embiid because it's different for him. It's Again, as I said, it's not LeBron, but it's LeBron's playbook when it comes to the theatrics and all that. And whatever he does, Joel Embiid, and I, I, I think the guy's amusing. I, I find him funny. I'm I mean, entertained by Joel Embiid. I like when he was flying around like a plane the other day, flying around after he blocks a shot or runs through the, the Raptors defense. And all that. I liked it. But when he has a bad game, it's a parade of ready-made excuses. Just add water and serve. That's all you have to do. I mean, it's It's hamburger helper. Is what it is. Uh, now, you get some, maybe there's some blood work done or something like that. I don't know. But the, the the back fence talk around the NBA has been that Joel Embiid does not take this seriously. Like, people shame him that he's not Mr. Adonis, that he's a guy that enjoys going out and living life and enjoying the the, the night activity and why not. And he doesn't have a diet that most professional athletes these days have. There's no dietitian. His diet is that of a 12-year-old. Uh, he just enjoys all the good foods out there. Now, that's the criticism. That, that's what you hear, the chirping about Joel Embiid. I got to tell you something. Now, years ago, when it, before I became just a a lockdown studio gas bag, I was around NBA players traveling on the road quite a bit. And I was amazed at all the professional athletes, baseball uh, in particular, but ba- also basketball, these guys could go out and and be Sodom and Gomorrah uh, and be out till the sun would go up and have no problems playing their sport. And I was a young guy at that time in my life. I wasn't in the very good physical shape, but I was feeling the effects, sitting on my ass watching them, and they weren't feeling the effects. So I'm not buying that Joel Embiid's problem is he's a party guy and he's out you know, with the the ladies and having a good time, boozing it up. I'm not buying that. There's something else going on. I'm not sure what it is, but that's I'm not buying that. I, I'm not. I mean, he's got issues. Clearly there's issues here because his body is not getting the job done on a regular basis. It seems like every other week he's riding the Vomit Comet in Philadelphia. Sometimes twice a week. Now he says, the other night, game three, after game three, he said, well, they asked him why he played well. He said, I felt better. So then in the span of a weekend, he felt worse before game four? You know what my advice is? Maller garlic therapy. That is my advice. So, Joel Embiid, I know you're listening to the podcast. Raw garlic. If you've got laryngitis, raw garlic helps very much. Uh, You you help that. You, You get the juices of the raw garlic. And it'll burn your mouth a little bit, but it's worth it. The garlic juices, that's old old world, old world treatment. And then on an empty stomach, six uh, little cloves of roasted garlic. And if you have a cold or a flu, you knock that right out. Boom. Boom, baby. That thing will be gone within a day. But you got to do it on an empty stomach. And who doesn't like roasted garlic anyway? That looks great. All right, final thought here. Now, the Sixers punted on a brass ring opportunity. Philadelphia had a chance to go up 3-1 in the Eastern semifinals, put Toronto on ice, and uh, put their champagne on ice and have have the Raptors on the ropes. They blew it. The Sixers as a team wasn't just Joel Embiid, but he was the headliner. Philadelphia shot 41% in the second half. They put up very little resistance against Toronto. The Sixers shot 23% in the fourth quarter. They were 21% from three-point range. They missed 11 of their 14 three-point shots. And the Raptors, after halftime, shot almost 60%. There's no defense. And this is a Toronto team that you know if you put the pressure on Toronto, they'll fold. That's what the Raptors do. right? That's in their DNA, the Toronto Raptors. But the Sixers didn't put the pressure on. And And, and here's the other thing, too, about Philadelphia. It's not just Embiid. The entire team has upper respiratory uh, issues. There are more upper respiratory infections there than at your local emergency room. I mean, all these guys have something going on here. It's like the virus is spreading around. It's a pandemic. Tobias Harris, the former Clipper, he sucked at a time you should not suck. Seven of 23. He missed 16 of his 23 shots. Who? Tobias Harris. Never heard of him. Great trade for the Clippers, getting rid of that guy. Uh, 16 points, that's all he had, 30% shooting. Ben Simmons, who he looks at an outside shot like it's got a disease, and he made half his shots. But while he was on the court, Philadelphia was unproductive. They were outscored by 16 points, especially in the fourth quarter. Philly was outscored by seven in the fourth quarter with Ben Simmons on the court. It was a disaster, a very feeble performance by these guys. And so here we go. What do we have next? We have we have a best of seven series, which is now a best of three series. Toronto's got two games at home. I don't trust either one of these teams because I know Toronto's got guys that are going to vanish, and I don't believe in Joel Embiid. I got nothing on this. Now, Philadelphia, you would think Philadelphia's got other players like Jimmy Butler and Tobias Harris and these other guys that they picked up to load up the roster. They should win the series, but I don't trust them. I don't you know Tobias I trust Tobias Harris after that game. He's also up and down. Ben Simmons? When Ben Simmons is out there, you don't have to worry about him. He's outside the he's standing outside the three point line. He's not going to shoot. All right, Steve Ben Maller show on Fox. We say hello to Edmund Dallas. Steamboat Willie.
1: Judas, solid Gold. Garcia. So as someone who is a casual NBA fan, what is what is the deal with with uh, Ben Simmons because you hear that he's you know incredibly talented, that he's a guy who can be a star, and yet, you know, I'm look, I'm watching the highlights, I'm reading the scores, I don't mention his name all that yeah. often, uh, he, he seems to have a great game here and there, and then have a really bad game here and there, he's not very consistent at all. No, well he doesn't
3: shoot from the outside, which I think is a big part of basketball, and maybe I'm wrong on that, because I never played in the NBA Eddie. so I know my opinion's not valued by the masses, but he he can't shoot, he doesn't want to shoot from the outside, and the good news for the Sixers is in the offseason, rather than work on his shooting, he's hanging out with the Kardashian clan. That's what he's doing in the offseason. So he's got that going. I was for gonna him.
1: say, isn't that something you can you can work on and get better well, at? I mean there's a
3: chance. I mean, i don't know. Kim Kardashian's got a pretty good outside shot. So I think she could help Ben Simmons when at one of those Kardashian get togethers, yeah. right? Uh, one of the the Jenner clan also could get in on this. So I think there's a chance. You know, that's solid coaching, right? Well, didn't Ben Simmons say he wanted to work with Magic Johnson, right? That was the big one of the big scandals. Yes. I mean, Magic,
1: okay, he, but he wasn't exactly Ray Allen, Allen right? Yeah, I know. I mean, That's
3: what I was saying. Work with Steph Curry or somebody. I'd rather work with Larry Bird if you want to shoot out a old he he's got to figure out what guy. hand he's
1: going to use to shoot, the right hand or
3: left hand. None. none. How about his head? <laughs> How about he bounce the ball off his head like a seal? How about that? <laughs> I would like to to see that. (laughs) No one has ever done that before. Or, like a soccer player, the same thing, right? Do a header into the basket. Boom, done. How about that? No? Ben Simmons overrated. Yeah, Ben Simmons. Well, because you you don't have to guard him when he's outside. I mean, that makes it a lot easier on the defense. Like, everyone else at least occasionally tries to shoot from the outside. Ben Simmons, like, nah, it's like a throwback. It's the Kardashian curse. Kardashians. How's how's Tristan Kardashian doing? Oh, they're not together anymore, no, right? No. They're not together, so he's better off. Well, he's still, still in Cleveland, though. He's getting paid, though. He's getting paid his money. He's getting his money. And having his fun. Yeah.
4: Be sure to catch live editions of the Ben Maller Show weekdays at 2 a.m. Eastern, 11 p.m. Pacific.
3: This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. We haven't seen anyone relax
4: like this before in the Centurion Lounge.
3: Choose from the full lineup of hand-cooked tires. Shipped fast and free to a recommended installer near you or choose the convenience of mobile tire installation. They'll bring your new tires to your home or office and install them on site. It doesn't get much easier than that. Go to TireRack.com to see their hand-cooked test results and tire ratings and consumer reviews and be sure to check out all the current special offers. Great tires and a great deal. What more could you ask for? That's TireRack.com slash SportsTireRack.com. The way tire buying should be.
6: I'm Katya Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico.
0: Terms and conditions apply.
4: It's Maller. How about that? To the third degree. This is when Big Ben gets grilled.
0: Now, the Westgate Superbook released NBA Futures odds for next season. They have the Knicks opening at 16-1 to win the NBA championship. Yep, that's the fourth best odds of any team in the East. Now, Ben, they're obviously covering themselves in case Kevin Durant goes to New York. But if he does, do you think that propels them to a finals contender right away? All
3: right, so first of all, listen, Vegas knows how desperate the New York sports fan is, and they want to take your money, right? This is a wise guy's play here. They know the easy mark the New York basketball fan is. The Knicks have been foobar for generations. The fans are hungry. They're going to open up their wallets, daydreaming of a title. No. Secondly, if Kevin Durant is the lone ranger, For the New York Knicks, they ain't winning bubkus in New York. He's got to bring an army with him. He's got to be like Floyd Mayweather and form Voltron for the Knicks to be any good. Bring in Zion Williamson, Kyrie Irving, somebody like
0: that. But Durant by himself, forget about it. Next! Now, there was a point of contention in the Blazers' four-overtime win over the Nuggets on Friday night. Now, there are many out there, including Robbie the Mariners fan, that seem to think that Nikola Jokic uh, took a cheap shot at Enos Kanter's injured shoulder during a free-throw box-out. Now, obviously, Mike Malone disagrees. Ben, was it dirty? Listen, Robbie the Mariner fan and those attacking Nicole
3: Jokic are Mr. Softies, okay? what, what I saw it in slow motion. It wasn't dirty. Ennis Cantor is healthy enough to play. He's healthy enough to take a shot to the shoulder. What is Nikola Jokic supposed to do? Not touch him because he's got a damaged shoulder? It's athletic competition. And B, in Sun Tzu's book, The Art of War, you find an opponent's weakness and you attack it. That's how it works. How do we do it, Coop?
0: Normally I'd fail you for running out of time, but you pass.
3: I won the game with only two questions.
4: Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com. And within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen live. Hey, you sports figure guy or girl. Who the hell are you talking to, son? Here's some instant advice.
2: Hold that thought. No one's paid attention to me for 10 whole seconds. And if you don't like it, screw
3: you. And away we go. It's the Insta Advice Line on radio. The safety net is off. The floodgates have opened. We are jockeying for position is what we are doing here. So we have a couple of options here. Eddie, you can decide. We can either give advice to me on how to better handle weddings in the future, or we can give advice to maximum security on what to do now after being disqualified from the Kentucky Derby. So which one should we do, Eddie? Ben, I'm going to go with Maximum Security. All right. We'll pick Maximum Security. Advice to Maximum Security on what to do now after being disqualified from the Kentucky Derby. You're live on the air when you hear my voice. 877-99 on Fox is the number. Hello to you on Line 1. Line 1, your advice to Maximum Security.
4: All of this advice is very, very no good. Line 3
3: is next. Hello, Line 3. We're giving advice to maximum security on how to do, or what to do, rather, after Kentucky Derby's disqualification.
1: Yep. around your barbecue food. Just let it cook.
3: Line 4, you're on the air. We're giving advice to the horse maximum security on how to handle the the fallout from being disqualified at the Kentucky Derby. Oh.
4: Man, this is a no-brainer. You gotta keep your horse in
3: check. Yeah. Uh, thank you for that. Uh, I love her balls. Was that moving, man, man? That sounded like moving, man, Matt to me. Line five, are you there? Line five.
4: I know it's Dee Roberto. Line
3: line six, you're there. Hello, line six, with the talk back. I like that.
4: Spend the night with me and Bella.
3: Oh, it's Angry Bill who doesn't know how to work his phone. Shocking. So take that
4: in your pooper and pop it. <laughs> yeah,
3: please. idiot. You're listening to live, unscreened radio. The safety net is off. We are giving advice to maximum security on what to do now after the Kentucky Derby disqualification. Line two, you're on the air. Hello, line two.
6: Yeah, go ask the Negro
3: brothers.
5: They're all same.
3: Well, they're knuckleball pitchers, two legends of baseball. Phil and Joe are their first names. Let's go to line three. Hello, line three. You're next.
4: Maximum security should start training in Foxborough, Massachusetts, where it's okay to cheat
3: Yeah, okay. For 20 years, <laughs> okay. to get away with it. <laughs> Every,
4: <laughs> every week,
3: Eddie, bozo from Maine. Oh, he's it. great, bozo. he's great. Every week, that guy. Line four, hello,
4: line four. Weed man, please come up with some new bloody material.
3: Yeah, let's go to random line. Random. No, I... Hi, Ben. Oh, it's Cowboy John Brad. Your advice to maximum hey, security women at? on what to do after the Kentucky Derby disqualification.
4: Well, first of
1: all, happy 88th birthday to the Say Hey Kid, Willie Mays. Happy wow. 74th birthday to Who? Detroit rock legend Bob Seger. And the maximum, maximum security should be ridden by a... <laughs> well, Never heard
3: of them. It's a different kind of a horse race. Hello, Line 6. Hello, Line 6. Vern Troyer should have been your jockey. Well, yeah. we dig him up. Though. Yeah. Uh, 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 hello, line five. Hello. Let's just make maximum glue. Oh, yeah. <laughs> 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 That's Terrible. pretty good. we well, right, giving advice to maximum <laughs> security on, uh, on what to do after the Kentucky Derby disqualification. Hello, line two. Buy stock in Elmer's. <laughs> all right, line three. Hello, line three. I type on the keyboard. (laughs) Yeah, okay. Well congratulations. Line four. Hello, line four. All right, they send a jockey to the glue factory. There you go. Now we're all doing glue jokes. Okay, well time for one more, only one more. Koopaloo pick the final call, the instant advice line for maximum security on what to do after being disqualified from the Kentucky Derby. Line two. Line two, the last call. Line two, you're on the air. Go. Murder the horse. Gotta go. Hey, hey, oh. Got a murder, got to go There he is ah! Here The horse Gotta go
0: Maximum security Who has no idea what's going on
2: No logins, no sign-ups, no accounts, no hassle. So what are you waiting for? Start streaming at play.xumo.com or download from the app and Google Play stores today. All you can stream with Zumo Play.
0: Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Haya.